we're back. Hey. Hello. Hello again. Hello. How's everyone doing? Oh. Good. Good. Bated breath. Just pins and needles. All pins week. and yeah. needles. Uh, yeah, you, uh, I've been trying to, you know, work in some more cliffhangers on the end of these episodes and uh, don't know if you guys are liking it or not. Uh-huh. It's good. Yeah, good? I like it. I don't know about someone who has to wait a, a week, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I, I know whenever we, you know, I was growing up, you know, watching Hardcastle and McCormick yep. and they'd have a cliffhanger and I'd have to wait or Night Rider or something. These kids don't understand that before oh. binging. Binging <sighs> is the best thing to ever yep. happen. I, I, I don't have to it wait is. anymore. No. <laughs> Well, now you have to wait between seasons, so you get the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the worst wait. Unless you're my wife, who says, this show looks really good. Let's wait wait until it's canceled and then watch the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I'm like, "Eh, I don't don't really think that logic makes sense. It's kind of like I was just started watching Lost again, and you have to really pay attention to it. It's but once you know what things happen, it doesn't. The second time is not as good as the first time, and that was just reminds me of leaving it on the cliffhangers because they, you know, Abrams loved the first couple of seasons, loved to leave it in cliffhangers. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of the same thing. I was so obsessed with that show. Yeah, yeah same here. Uh, has anyone rewatched uh, Battlestar Galactica? No. Like, which like the original '80s one? Not the '80s one. No, I yeah, never watched that. One. With with Elmos? Yeah. No, I mean I watched I watched you know the new one live as it came out, and then the ending made me so angry that I rage quit, and I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Rage oh, quit. Yeah. I, I mean, it was the ending. I guess, it, but it was just yeah. Right. It was an ending. Yeah. Uh, an ending. Yeah. <laughs> I, I it's one of the shows on my list to try to rewatch, but I, I, you know, have doubts that it's going to be rewatchable. I'm just not sure. I was curious. See if I anyone mean, has. I, I mean, I the one I want to do is Babylon Five. I want to go back and do that. That that's worth it. Is it I really? Yeah. yeah, I did that probably twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So I have that's never when you rewatched it. it. I rewatched it twenty yeah. years ago. Yeah, I've never. I seen watched it. it three times, maybe through. But you wow. never you've never seen it? I've never seen it, no. Oh really? It's on our list because we know we've heard a lot of people recommend it and we never get around to it. And so it's kind of like our maybe going into this fall list of things to I really start watching. I love that story. I mean that was one of those where it's like they it was all written out ahead of time. So they weren't making crap up. Right. And it was like, oh, this is gonna be this many seasons. Right. Yeah. All planned and made sense from the beginning to the end and had a satisfaction. Yeah. I mean it was like Yeah. We know whether or not the effects and everything, you know, stand up. I don't know, but the story and the, some of the acting is yeah. just fantastic. So. Wow. The storyline was so solid throughout. And you, exactly what Don said, you could tell that it was created for that purpose of beginning to finish. And the story didn't waver. There wasn't holes or, you know, in, in the plot, anything like that. And just, yeah, some of the characters, uh, just some of my favorite. Andreas Katsoulis playing Jakar. Just yes. mm-hmm. God, he was amazing in that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've got my nerd blood uh, pumping. So uh, I might have to check that out a little bit sooner than I had planned. Yeah. I know I had, you know, it's come up over and over again. And I literally feel like I've watched everything there is on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Channel. Um, yeah, two Babylon 5. There's a lot of content there. Yeah. 
Yeah. A lot. That would keep us keep us going yeah. for a while. And then there was the spinoff show and the yeah. movies. I mean, uh, yeah. How's Alone going for you guys? Oh, it's it's good. We're on... So we watched one through four, six, yeah. and now we're on five. Yeah, they just finished season seven now. Yeah. It was, season seven was good. So um, are still making episodes of that? Well, I'm sure it was backdated. It was last winter, I think, because it was started... The last season seven is a hundred days for a million dollars. They made it a hundred days. Yes. Ow. Oh, in the Arctic circle. <laughs> no way. Yep. And it started in late, mm. you know, in late fall or in fall. So okay, it's probably from 2019. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Awesome. Well, now I have a few things that I can watch and I don't have to rewatch, uh, deep space nine again. Um, <laughs> Or watch crochet videos on YouTube, which seems to be the thing that's always on in her house right now. Mm. Um, but she she's making very nice things for the home. We've got blankets and scarves and all kinds of stuff. Uh, she made a little basket while we were recording the last episode uh, to put our toothpaste in. So, I mean, you know. She's she's productive and handy. That that's just too wholesome, Jerry. I I need some gritty, yeah, right. some grim dark <laughs> storytelling right. now, just to wash that sweetness out of my mouth. Well, I did tell you that I walked upstairs in our break, and she was watching the show on YouTube, which you all can do. Um, and she was starting <laughs> with uh, episode one of this season, and. And she looked at me and I was, you know, kind of weirded out because I heard my voice as I came up the stairs. And then she she said, you know, this is actually pretty good. And I, you know, I just kind of gave her a glare um, because I'm like, yeah, we've been working on it for a while now. And she's getting around. To, I know she's listened to some episodes and she's always the sounding board when I'm trying to figure out if I'm messing with you guys too much. <laughs> or not enough. So. Oh, so she tones you down? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you, you guys really need to keep her on the payroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, she's well, this good. could go, speaking of, yeah, well, play your cards right, and this could be really a bad episode for Vic. <laughs> Vic yeah. and Burger. Uh, yeah, sorry, Vic. Going to get bad pretty soon. Um, well, thank you all. Sorry to uh, get off on uh, show talk there, but uh, you know I need something to watch, so I will I will get tips wherever I can. If anyone else has tips, feel free to leave them on Facebook or something. Um, we could do a spinoff episode and just talk about TV. We could. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea. We can do that just for fun. Um, but for now. We are here for episode 26, I believe. Yep. And sort of left off in a cliffhanger, like I said. And um, before we let Alar give us his delightful recap, I would just like to say to everyone listening, thanks for being there. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, you can go on patreon.com slash Dungeon Patrol Give us a buck or two to keep this adventure rolling. Go to judgementpatrol.com and click on the Patreon button if that's your thing. Um, great. If not, all we ask is, you know, take care of yourself. Um, stay healthy. Stay well. 
treat each other nicely. And uh, hopefully we'll eventually get to uh, the end of a pandemic and I can start not watching shows again, doing other things out of the house, which would be amazing. But we'll get there sooner or later. Someday. Yeah, someday. Someday. Everyone looks stressed as we're even thinking about it, but we'll get there. And Alar. You're up. Recap us away. Short and sweet. Alar and the visitors crept through the sewers back to Old Town, careful to avoid a trap left on the corpse of their dear friend Rollo. They also snuck up on a sleeping sentry. Kragar and Triss crept further along, only to be spotted by another guard. Will Alar and Brokos be able to rescue their clumsy friends? Find out on Dungeon Patrol. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want to know how this guy knew we were coming. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like now. <laughs> who do we see? And who is this guy? I like, there's, yeah, there's many questions. A, I have no idea. Guard. Yeah. Yeah. So. How, how high up is the window? Uh, Important details. Yeah. It's about 15 feet off the ground. Um, you look up as this uh, crash happens in front of you. Uh, something heavy uh, tumbles down into the into the brush, and uh, you heard someone say, "Well, well, look who we have here." And as you look up, you see a familiar face, split by a row of gleaming white teeth. Piers' smile is half the result of relief and half joy. Relief that you're not in Old Town Patrol and joy at seeing friends and allies. One second, I'll be right down. Don't move, he says before disappearing from the broken window frame. A few moments later, you hear some rustling and Piers quietly pulls up close to you. So, what's the plan? What are you guys doing here? You know, if they find you, they'll kill you, right? We're doing the killing today. And you just about got it yourself. Startled me so. He might notice that I'm holding a silver dagger. Oh, nice. He might Uh, notice that I look like Vic. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I'm sorry. I I forgot all about that. Uh, So he's looking at you, Kragar. And uh, while he's saying that and kind of side-eyeing Vic uh, slash Triss, and, uh, you know, looking at your dagger. So he seems a little bit uh, disconcerted by what's going on. Um, he's like, uh, you know, what are you doing here? What's going on? We're here on a rescue mission. What are you doing here? Oh, well, it's like, well, you don't have to worry about the guy that was sitting at the window. He's He's taken care of, and then he kind of, lifts up or parts some of the brush and you can see that there's a, a body uh, back there. Um, must be Burger, you guess. Uh, he looks over at uh, Vic slash Triss and seems a little reluctant to talk. And he's like, who's your friend? Why did you kill Burger? <laughs> we had like, questions for Burger. He was watching the path here. I need yeah, we know that. We were looking for him to ask him questions. I'm sorry, and you are? 
weg. <laughs> okay, Vic, I, I need to get into the sewers, so I just didn't want anyone seeing me go down this way. I'm, I'm sorry if he was a friend of yours. I, I didn't say he was know. a friend. I said we oh. had questions for him. Okay. Well, this came from the sewers, Pierce. Why are you going through the sewers? <sighs> and he looks again, uh, gives a long stare at, at Vic, kind of cocks his head, and he's like, looks at you, and he's like, I, it's almost time, if you know what I mean. I figured uh, I could get lost in the sewers for a night, perhaps, and not harm anyone. Mm. So you're a werefolk? <laughs> All right, I'm going to walk yes. over to that burger and toss him over my shoulder. Let's go back to the others. Okay. So you're dragging the body of burger and making your way down, back to the others, up the path. And you arrive, and everyone seems, you know, uh, I imagine you guys are a little shocked to see uh, peers again. And I never look shocked, Jerry. <laughs> For the record, it was Pierce's fault, and I'll throw the body on the ground next to, uh, next to Vic. Before, Pierce, good to uh, see you again. I'm comfortably close to him, by the way. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so you drop the body down at the feet of your allies here, and Pierce is like, sorry, I didn't know you wanted to question him. I, I just wanted to get down into the sewers. Does he notice the fact that there's the, the person tied Another up? Is also the other person standing there? Oh, no, he probably doesn't. Um, well, I'll see if he... Oh, okay. So he looks around the room and kind of uh, sidles his way over to uh, get a good look at the face of the person you have uh, bundled up over here. And then he looks at uh, looks back at the Vic that is standing and he's like, Triss? Is that no, you? Vic. This is Vic. And my other brother, Vic. <laughs> Victor. Okay. He shakes his head, looks really confused, and he's like, I don't know what you guys are playing at here, but I, 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 think, I think you know I, I, I should be in the sewers. Where, where are you headed? We are headed to Black Alley. We're seeking to rescue one of our friends. Ah, well, you should have a pretty easy path ahead of you. Um, it seems like most of the guards and lookouts have been moved closer to the boundary with Bleakstone. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but uh, I spotted this sentry, this burger from across the street, and I got the sense that he was watching this path and supposed to be keeping a lookout. So again, sorry, I took him out. So what's the best way to get to black alley? So he is kind of, uh, made his way through that section of old town to get to where he is now. And he is happy to tell you, what he thinks is the best path. Um, and he's actually familiar with the Belfry Union, if you guys do tell him that. Um, 
you know, it was an officer club. He said that he didn't spend a lot of time there, but he definitely knows roughly where it's at. So he is happy to uh, kind of draw you a crude map and okay. give you some instructions on how to get there in what he thinks is the safest way possible. Okay, definitely. All right. Yeah. So. Bob Pierce, cover the grate when you leave. <laughs> Wait, before he leaves, I'm going to use my tail to tap him on the shoulder. Okay. He jumps a little bit and he's like, Tris. Ah, I, I assumed that was you, but uh, it's so hard to tell. You guys have so many tricks. Mm. Our friend Rolo's down there if you need a snack. <laughs> Not Rolo. Uh, I'm still heartbroken. <laughs> uh, so, so cruel. Um, <laughs> so many fond memories of Rolo. Yeah. And he's not giving you the bird, just FYI. It's, it's meant for other people. Take it how it is. <laughs> I won't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Piers takes a look out the window, um, looking out over the courtyard, looks up at the sky, kind of shakes his head a little bit ruefully. And he's like, uh, I'm glad you managed to avoid a curse of your own, Craigar. This is... Not not what I enjoy. I'd much rather be looking for my sister right now, but I can't put innocent lives in jeopardy. So well, let me hopefully. know if you ever come across a werebear. I might reconsider. <laughs> I, again, friend, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but I, I will let you know if I run across any such creature. <laughs> uh, so he's going to take off. He tells you all about the Belfry Union you know, as much as he knows and uh, says, basically, stay safe, friends, until we meet again. And as he's leaving, he says, you know, I, I think your chances would increase if you waited until full dark. Just want you to be safe. And then he gives you a little salute and walks on out and you see him disappear down into the grate. All right. So what do you think? We wait till dark? Just press on? Well, we can take a short rest, perhaps. Wait till dark. What about Vic here? Oh, he can keep himself company tied up. Should I'll play some him. tunes for him. <laughs> Should give him to Piers for snacking on later. That mm. seems needlessly cruel. <laughs> Okay, short rest. Help me out a little bit. So, so maybe a short rest here, like in this little guard station. Do we want to? So, I would say that this is a good plan, either here or the room where the defenestration happened. Yes. So that if they do a shifting of the guards, they don't mm-hmm. discover Vic tied up. And then note go looking for us. Okay. Makes sense to me. Well, does that uh, upstairs have a vantage point on the street or just the alley? Uh, You could see one uh, end of the street. 
Let's go there. It might be useful to have an eye on the street. Okay. So you uh, are taking Vic with you? Yes. Yeah. I'll okay. just pick, pitch over my shoulder. All right. Getting gagged. So you guys make your way back. Uh, well, um, actually, do we, this other body, Burger, I think we should pitch him into the sewer. I think so. I agree with that. Okay. Right. So uh, I'll toss him down there next to Rollo. Toss him down. Um, give Rollo some company. Place I'll, him I'll rifle through his back. pockets first, but uh, then, then, yeah. Okay. Looks like he had five silver pieces on him, um, a dagger. Oh. And um, a silver dagger? Not a silver dagger, unfortunately. Oh, that is unfortunate. You That's have one, it. right? Yes, I do. I just... Okay. I like a spare. <laughs> Back up. All right. My tail so, dagger is not silver, so, you know. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you guys uh, put the grate back, I'm assuming. Yes. And make your way back down the path. Um, going straight up the stairs or through the brush, either way, uh, you manage to make it uh, into the front of the building um, without any uh, being noticed at all, at least as far as you can tell. And you find the stairway fairly easily and walk your way up and you can see that there's a, you know, kind of a similar to what, uh, what Vic had uh, at his lookout post. Um, just, a uh, you know, crate or a, a couple of barrels sitting around that you could, you know, sit on and, uh, just kind of stationed over this window. And as you, uh, set yourself up, you do find a crossbow up there. So, um, that was left behind when Piers, uh, tossed his body over. And, uh, other than that, it looks like they just set up like they went had the raid on wolf canute and the vineyard and came back and just decided you know spur of the moment to leave a couple of people to watch this entrance is this like an old house yeah it's kind of like a tenement building apartment building um you know but obviously seen better days um pretty pretty run down nobody's living there now and, um, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, that's a result of the uprising or anything. It looked like it was pretty much, uh, has been uninhabited for years. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess once they start resting, I'm going to, I'll just wander through it quickly just to make sure. I don't know. Just searching. Okay. Um, you do end up, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of uh, junk. It looks like, you know, people have kind of come and gone, made little temporary, used the place for some kind of temporary shelter now and then. Um, you uh, find, you know, some, some old uh, straw mats on the floor in some places, mostly moldering away at this point. Um, but eventually you do get to the other side of the building and find kind of the companion to this uh, room that you're that you're stationed in, 
and you can see there's uh, still glass in that window. It's cracked and broken, um, but as you clear off some of that, trying not to break it further, you can get a view of the other end of the street too. And it looks fairly quiet. Well, I'll kick my heels up so I can take a view out of one of the windows. All right. Um, Very gently play my mandolin. Nice. Entertainment. Uh, You don't notice a lot of uh, foot traffic. Uh, The people that do come and go while you're watching, um, you know, it's still raining out. So they've got their, you know, hoods on their cloaks pulled up. They're rushing, you know, to and fro like they don't want to be out any longer than they need to. And, uh, you know, everything seems fairly normal, uh, strangely quiet. Um, Piers did relay that to you that he feels like almost everybody that's been out has either been told to stay indoors and out of the way or to go and look out on the boundary and wait for Wolf Canute's attack, which there sure is going to happen. Yeah, well, well, then we just wait. I'll play with the crossbow. Okay. Casually track passerbys as they go. So you managed to make it um, through your short rest, and darkness sets in. And it's a lot more gradual than uh, would be on a typical day because the clouds are already so dark. But then you realize, um, you know, you haven't seen a person go up and down the street for some amount of time and realize that it's now full dark. Are we ready? Time to go. Okay. So to travel through this quiet section of old town, I'm going to ask you each to make two stealth rolls. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep that crossbow, by the way. So okay. before before um I, before we do this, I just am going to tell my compatriots. I don't know if you remember. I'm not the best at stealth. I don't know if there's anybody that can. I don't know. Do something that would help me. Mm. I'll give you pointers as we go. <laughs> Encouragement. You and my armor is noisy. Yeah, I don't have silence. Okay. Yeah, I don't have pass without trace. But, you know, I don't know if there's somebody that can, like... I can give you guidance. That is... I'll give you a, plus, a D4 to your roll. Uh, see, that that would probably help, or I don't know if Elar could play a song that would... Inspirational? Inspire me to not... Make noise. I don't know. I'm just asking for some help. I will play a very quiet, pianissimo tune for you about creeping through the alleys. So you get a D6 instead of a D4. Ah, there we go. Oh, right. oh sorry. My guidance is nothing towards well, your talent. I, I actually, since we have to do two, I could probably use them both. Actually. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to cast guidance and then he'll play and, you know, take away any kind of, you know, 
I felt good about it for a while. And then he's like, Oh, <laughs> he's going to upstage you. Uh, yes. Upstage yeah. is the perfect word. <laughs> mm. So my first one is an 11, including plus five. from. The- wow. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. What about the rest of you? A 14 uh, and a 24. Uh, a Four- 20 and a six. Okay. So mind you, I have a plus eight. So I got a nine mm-hmm. and an eleven. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Jeez. Let me show you some tips on how to be stealthy. <laughs> I was so concerned with Chris making noise. I kept going. Yes. Okay, you know, I, I genuinely felt a little little guilty about calling you clumsy, you two, right. on, on, in the intro, but I think you've earned it now. That's well. My wow. second one was a tw- is a twenty one. Hey, oh, nice. there you go. There you go. It, nice. it is my best skill. Uh, yeah, Huber, hubris has never killed anyone in the history. <laughs> well, it won't kill me. <laughs> my hubris <laughs> is impervious. Uh. That is amazing. So can we all turn around and go, shh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to Gregor? In unison, so it's nice and loud. God. Or it's the wet fur, you know, <laughs> something about it. And then I have to shake it off. Uh, okay. So at some point, that's going to come back and haunt you. Perfect. Um, you round a corner and head down an alley that appeared empty. But suddenly you see a small head pop up from behind a pile of debris. A young child takes one look at your party and screams, and they push a pile of broken barrels noisily into your path and run away into the darkness. You're between two single-story buildings. Piles of debris litter the alley. You're about 30 feet from where you entered, and the alley runs another 150 feet before connecting with another road. The buildings here are clustered very tightly, and... I will give you each a chance to tell me a skill that you are going to use to clear out of this alley before that child draws attention from nearby adults. So it could be as simple. Yeah. As simple as athletics. You're just going to run fast back the other way or. Yes. Amazing speed. Chris does not hesitate. Yes. Because the ah. first thing that came to my mind was the crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> but the noise has already been made. But it would stop. <laughs> but <laughs> so I twenty one on athletics. Okay, so you see this child bolt down into the darkness, um, and Tris immediately uh, does not hesitate. She turns around and runs back the other way. And I get a 19 on acrobatics. And I will use survival because if I don't run, I will not survive. No, I will use survival to try to find um, perhaps, uh, like, a, is there rock, perhaps shrubs or rock, rock, something I can hide behind? Uh, you, could, you could use some of the debris in the alleyway there um, and kind of camouflage yourself. Yes, I choose to do that. And I got a 25. Nice. How are you going to use acrobatics, Alar? Um, I was going to use acrobatics to uh, roll over the, the barrel debris 
and find a corner to hide behind up there. Okay. Kragar, what are you doing? So is there any place to go up? Like, is there a ledge or open window or something to climb up to? Yeah, you think uh, with the combination of some of the debris and a ledge of this uh, little uh, structure on, on your left that you could maybe wedge yourself in between there and get up on the roof if you... Yeah, I was thinking I'd do some cool parkour maneuver, use my super long stretchy arms to pull myself up with uh, uh, acrobatics. Nice. Put this guy <laughs> over in the container there. So that's going to be an eight. Oh, different. Wow. It's really slick. The window sills are very slick. Come on. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so, Kragar tries to pull himself up. Uh, grabs onto a, a tile on one of the buildings um, and it breaks off in his hand and he tumbles down to the ground. But just at that moment, as he's had the wind knocked out of him, lying there prone in the alleyway, um, you hear the child stop screaming and you can just make out uh, someone else, someone taller is down there talking to the child. Uh, looks like they're scolding the child. And they take one glance down the alleyway and see nothing. Krager's prone body is hidden behind some of the debris and just kind of blends in. Look at that. Uh, the rest of you are hidden or have made it out of the alleyway. And so this person takes one glance down and uh, continues to scold the child and grabs the little ruffian by the ear and drags him off. Um, and several moments pass, and you hear no other sounds. Triss is around the corner, hiding out, sees no one come her way, and you guys start to uh, carefully make your way back out of hiding. And I'm just going to lay there for a good long minute, <laughs> <laughs> letting the cold and water just soak in. And my yeah, think mood. about your choices in life. and Just feel your shame. Just just soaking it there, Kragar. You could, you could have just said, you know, like a cat. You, you planned it out from the start to happen that way. So it all worked, right? Uh, <laughs> so... I don't know. I watch a lot of parkour videos. I thought that would be easy. <laughs> uh, okay. And you guys managed to make it. Did someone take Kragar's body? And is he Kragar? Or did he do, did someone else just cast, you know, a spell on <laughs> someone? Yes. Yeah. Disguise self. Is that really somebody else disguised as him? Uh, might be. Maybe it's uh, Vic pulled the fast one on you guys. <laughs> uh, Speaking of, we, did we we didn't agree on what we did with Vic. I thought um, we, just we left him there tied up and gagged. Yeah, we left him alive in the apartment, Craigar. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you. That's what you believe. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the last that we Craig saw Arnold. of him. Yeah. 
I wonder if karma is coming back to tell you that that was maybe not okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After nearly two hours <laughs> of slow travel through the back alleys, side streets, and maze-like corridors of Old Town, you manage to reach Black Alley. A couple of close calls have you on high alert, uh, but you guys can finally breathe a sigh of relief as your goal is in sight. You know the Black Alley is technically unaligned, but their proximity to Red Gutter and Old Town means the reality is somewhat different. The streets here are wider, but the buildings are packed just as tightly. A variety of taverns, inns, private clubs, and entertainment venues catering to every taste and budget line both sides of the street. Most of the lower rent versions are vacant now, but the larger properties seem to have a steady ebb and flow of humanoid traffic, even at this hour. Eventually, you arrive at a large structure, exactly where Piers described it would be. Situated on a corner lot, you see a covered porch runs down both sides, and a set of unadorned double doors sits below a tarnished bell. The Belfry Union. Um, so being from Black Alley, do I know anything extra about this? Or could I make a knowledge roll on that or something? Sure. Okay. History. So that's uh, a 14. Um, you're not as familiar with this uh, portion of Black Alley, um, but you do know that there are a lot of clubs like this that kind of cater to a specific audience. Uh, and this one you've heard about because it's mostly, you know, uh, for officers and government officials and that sort of thing. There's not like a strict code to get in. Um, but you know that, uh, you know, if you had tried to go in there, you know, in your previous life, uh, if you tried to go in there without any justification, without any prior notice, you probably would have been, you know, forced to leave some way or, or another. Um, it's, uh, probably changed a lot since, you know, the officers are no longer here. Um, but it was definitely uh, one of the larger um, types of these, you know, clubs. And so it still appears to be operating from what you can tell. Um, other than that, you don't know much about it. It's, it's dark. Is it still raining? Uh, it is drizzling. And kind of raining off and on and still dark. I would like to, at this spot to cast locate object mm -hmm. on El, uh, Arvik's, uh one of his cloaks or one of his belts that he likes to wear. So I can locate where he possibly is. If okay. he's within a thousand feet I'll be able to know his exact location and if he's moving, if he's moving at all. Okay. Thousand they feet. They stripped him of his cloak and his belt and somebody else is wearing it and you're just tracking them. I could. <laughs> but I'm just going to give this a shot. 
Okay. <laughs> Worth a shot. <laughs> so there is nothing within a thousand feet. Okay. There you go. Well, it was worth a shot. It is. Yeah. So, why don't we just go to the front in disguise? Disguise as what? You turn back into Vic, and I'll use this potion to look like Burger, and they can look like, I don't know. They and burger. <laughs> Two other people. Uh, yeah. You, and you're, you know, you don't see as much traffic as you're watching the front of this building. You don't see uh, many people entering or leaving, um, but it does appear to be open still. Um, the few people that you do see, you know, they don't really stand out. Obviously, they're not officers in the Legion because there there are none besides maybe peers. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you get the sense that you could probably go in and not stand out too much. Uh, probably would help if one of you or both of you didn't look how you do. We could do What's the that supposed to be? We could do the, la- the classic Wookiee prisoner trick. I mean, no. right, so Vic and Berger were supposed to be watching for us. Yeah. But you are in Black Alley now, so technically yeah. they don't care. And it's a, it's a club. It's a tavern, right? I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not want to go in. No. I, okay, well, hold on. So maybe I'm confused. So, right, the, who, the, the people who attacked and captured Arvik brought him here. We're taking him here. No. Yeah. But those same people, were, weren't they the ones that left behind Vickenberger? Well, okay, I'll clarify a little bit there. Um, what Skolovig said was that um, this person, one of the people, mentioned how he couldn't wait to get back to the Belfry Union. Not necessarily that they were bringing Arvik to the Belfry ah. Union. Um, uh. And... I would also point out that you do have a little bit of an advantage in that, um, again. Well, I want to read you of the entire last episode then, Jerry. (laughs) Let's start (laughs) over. Uh, You are uh, um, in Black Alley, which, you know, officially, you know, they probably have people who are looking out for you, but what you've seen in old town trying to get here. Most of the real hardcore um, old town and red gutter crews are probably on the border now. Um, So the few people they have looking out for you here, are they going to be in this one particular bar? Well, maybe the guy that, you know, you're looking for, maybe the guy that said that might be in there, but um, you know, at this point, you don't really know. Hmm. So but, we're still trying to track somebody who might know where Arvik was taken. So Correct. I think we should go in disguised and maybe see if we can get somebody talking about the big prisoner that was brought through. I don't need a disguise. Is there? I, uh, I can go offer my talents. This is a tavern. Yes, I, my, I, I have my drum. 
I, I, I have my drum in my backpack, just coincidentally. I, I like this is back. my trade, Triss. This is the place that I excel. But we do not know if people have already been talking about our group of people and if we see the infamous Elar. Infamous? Famous, <laughs> whatever. Mm. It depends like the upon sounds the, of that. Depends upon the circles that you're you're talking about. You know, then they may they may be like, ah, you know, look for this very talented uh, bard who who is taking up company with these other people, and so they may be looking specifically for you. I never thought fame could be something so difficult. Mm. <laughs> It'd be a downside to all this fame. Hmm. Who knew? Fine, I can disguise myself. All right. So you guys are all going to some lengths to disguise yourself. Uh, except for me. Okay. <laughs> I can... Um, Comb you know. your hair forward. Still. Yeah, right, right. The, 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 another option would be if, if, if Tris wants to go as Vic, uh, you guys could go in the front and try to do you know, social deduction, and I could go sneaking in through a back office and just see if I can find something, you know, through subterfuge, murder, murder, <laughs> and murder. I mean, just mostly always murder. Always a good detector tool. Let's, let's be honest. Sherlock Holmes would be so different if he just murdered everybody. Be a lot more efficient. Just saying. Okay, <laughs> uh, so I'm happy with whatever you guys decide to do. I think some amount of uh, disguise is is good. Um, obviously, well, I will the two... cast disguise self on myself uh, and to look like a slightly less attractive human, <laughs> but only slightly. Slightly. Only slightly. Ego can only take so much. That's right. I I will I will look like Vic. That's fine. Okay, you're gonna look like Vic. Craig, are you going in? Or are you gonna? He's burger. I'm gonna go. Oh, I think I'm gonna stick around back. Oh, you're there. going in the back. Yeah. I, I, my people skills really aren't great, so. Yeah. Okay. And and those stealth skills are really doing a great job too, there, man. <laughs> I got a new dice, so we're. we're <laughs> He's set. Don't worry about him. I um, will. I will. Uh, I will go follow if it's okay with Craig in the back and just watch the back. All right. Okay. So the two of you uh, go in disguise inside of the Belfry Union, where you find a comfortable open lounge, padded red velvet chairs sit around glistening mahogany tables, leather sofas sit around the outskirts of the room. And along with a large stone fireplace, they give the large space a cozy, almost intimate feel. A few of the tables are occupied, men and women nursing drinks, either alone or in pairs. Along the far wall, you notice a dark bar trimmed with brass accents. Behind the bar, you see the wall adorned with flags of famed legion units, the Krakens, the Bloodless, the King's Tenth, the Giant's Hammers, and countless others still hang proudly, even though these same units may soon be storming the city. 
Your examination of the Legion insignias is disturbed by some movement that you spot out of the corner of your eye. A wisp of golden hair bobs back and forth along the bar, and you catch a few notes from a popular folk song being hummed in time with the fuzzy mops bouncing. Suddenly, the humming stops, and you hear a scrape and a clomp, clomp, as a short halfling climbs aboard a stool and pokes his head over the bar. He stares at you through thick, wire-rimmed glasses, adjusting them as he squints. Help you, he says, stifling a yawn. I'm cleaning up for the night, but if you hurry up, I can pour you a pint. Oh, that's too bad. I was going to offer my services. Ah. I could accompany your humming. That's a lovely tune. (laughs) Ah, Have you ever heard the original in Elvish? Uh, I don't believe I have, no. Do you have need of a bard or a minstrel? I'm afraid we don't. We're all covered for bards. Ah, too bad. Well, I suppose my friend Vic and I will just take a drink then. Ah, very good, very good. And he goes over to a small cask in the back and fills up two mugs, brings them back over. You hear him scrape of the stool as he moves it over closer to you and steps back on it and shoves the mugs in front of you. And as he does, I'm going to be uh, picking out the instrumentation of the folk song he was humming. You're going to be what? Plucking the instrumentation. Of oh, nice. I'm going to be playing okay. it. Okay, nice. And then he kind of, you know, stops and pauses and kind of bobs his head, you know, looks at you and smiles. Like, what What brings you out on a night like this? Well, I was looking for some honest work. It's been difficult since the changes. Yes, yes, it has. It hasn't been the same. You can imagine that a club like ours is not, not has a lot of patrons lately. No, and I found that the patrons have varied so much from where they used to be. Strangers are coming through, and you never know quite who, who's going to show up for one night's, one night's entertainment or not. I'm sure you must get a lot of strange faces here in this bar nowadays. Yeah, yeah, not as many as you would think. Oh, no? <sighs> yeah, he seems a little mm, kind of disgruntled. So no strangers, but no regulars either. Well, the few we have are more problem than they are worth, so that's all I'll say. Oh, that's even worse. Yes. What sort of What sort of problems are they causing? Oh, you know, the usual. Pinching your backside? <laughs> Uh, he laughs the at that. The on them. <laughs> not, not as much as you would expect. Uh, and he, uh, he says, you know, but they do treat a few staff we have left uh, very unkindly. Um, quite a number of them have left since they've shown up. There's really no way I can get rid of them. Well. I, why not? Who are these people? Hmm. Yeah, I've probably said too much. And he continues to kind of 
polish the bar with a dirty looking rag. Well, perhaps beyond musical assistance, my friend Vic and I, we could uh, aid you in other ways. Mm. I am a. What was that? I smile winsomely. Winsomely. (laughs) Nice. Do you Uh, even know how to do that, Tris? (laughs) Absolutely. Really? Okay. Ah. Part of the disguise magic. <laughs> I will have you roll persuasion. Um, you guys, Kragar and Brokos, you uh, make your way around back, and you find that uh, there is a door, uh, kind of in this uh, little alleyway behind the building, between it and the next building, and. As you go back there, the door seems to have uh, uh, been, it's locked currently, but there are windows on either side of it that you think you could try to look through if you wanted to. I will definitely peek through the windows. All right. So as you peek through the windows, you see um, kind of an odd scene. There appears to be two young people standing on a stage uh, singing. There are some tables around there um, and the tables um, you know are not not full of people. There may be three tables occupied total from what you can see from this grimy window um, and they appear to be on a stage singing, and you can occasionally hear kind of a loud, you know, bit of laughter or a shout. Um, so there's, there's, you know, some kind of entertainment going on in some part of this establishment. Okay, so not having gone through the front, does I mean, does this look like it's a separate club? It's, I see Triss and... Oh, no, you don't see Triss or um, Alar. This looks like to be a kind of a small, very intimate uh, sort of venue, more like a private lounge or dining room. Hmm. I'll turn back to Brokos. Seems like a different establishment back here. Sounds like they're actually professionals on the stage. Alar's not going to be happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say we take out the competition? <laughs> okay, now, I, now I'm down with this. Uh, I, I say... It's been a while since my brown bear has had blood. Oh my gosh. So how many people are back there? <laughs> there appear, from what you could tell, there were um, a, a total of five. Oh, yeah, this, this is easy. Right. The bards are pushovers. I know that much. <laughs> uh, let's see if any of them watch will talk. It. You watch yourself, man. So I'm going to pull out that potion, and um, I'm going to go ahead and drink it and turn into that burger guy. 
Okay. So you are going to have to try to pick this lock. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So while you're rolling for that, I'm going to go I'll back to... give him to guidance. Alar. Add a D4 Triss. to that done. So you guys rolled persuasion. Oh, yes. Um, what did you get? need to roll persuasion too? Uh, if you want to. Sure. <laughs> you did oh smile winsomely, so... I rolled a 19, so that's a 20. Wow. Nice. You did better than I did. My smile was amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it was quite winsome, actually. Uh, I don't even know what that would look like on me, so uh, <laughs> I'll have to practice that in the mirror. Um, so you guys uh, managed to uh, gain this bartender's interest. And he's like... Are we talking about the same kind of help that I think we're talking about? I've got more talents than just in these fingers. Hmm. He kind of runs with a stubby finger, little hand through his hair, and he's like obviously thinking, and he's like, oh, it's too dangerous, too dangerous. They're professionals, gladiators. You understand they know how to kill. Very tough sort. Um, We've dealt with their type before. You have. You seem awfully confident. I apologize, but the by the looks of you, I, I I'm just I'm a little concerned. I'll even throw in uh, cleaning up the bloodstains. <laughs> well, that's uh, your name would never be brought up into it. Oh, well, that is interesting. Do you have some sort of personal connection with these fellows? We don't know of whom you speak. Well, I'll tell you the the one. He causes the most problem. He's, he just, I thought he was gone for good and he came back just a while ago. All kinds of trouble, that one. Just never seems to be satisfied with anything. Thinks the world owes him something. I would worry about him. I've heard stories. He, he's he's a tough one. Um, Might I ask you his name, or would that put you on the spot? He's, I'll just say, I think they call him Razor. I don't know if that's his real name, <laughs> but... But probably not. Well, I was worried it was going to be pickle or hot dog or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> to go with the burger. Uh, so he's like, uh, by the way, my name is True Fellow. True Fellow Spindlewood. And you are? My name is A. <laughs> Aileron. Uh, <laughs> you may have heard of me. Uh, I can't say that I have. And no. this is my friend, uh, Vic. Vic Reed. <laughs> uh, and he's like, pleasure to meet you. Well, I, 
never intended to be running this club by myself. Uh, but uh, here I am, making all the important decisions now, it appears. Well, I guess I'm in too deep now. I don't know what your intent is with Razor, but uh, I can tell you he's in one of the private rooms in the back, behind that curtain over there. And what reward would you have for us if we do you this favor? I don't have much to give, I guess. What do you normally pay a bard per night? Well, they Besides get room, tips, and, of course. <laughs> room and board and a uh, free meal, free drink. What about look more information? Vic. What's that? What about more information? I suppose I don't know what I would be able to offer in that regard, but I'm happy to share what I do know. That's my preferred coin. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if you accept what I have to give, then yes. What do you think, Vic? Are there rooms in this inn or in this tavern? We do have a number of private dining rooms that um, have been converted over to rooms for guests. That would be my other request. Absolutely. You can help me get rid of my current occupants. I'd be happy to give you rooms. Very well. In exchange for room and board and more information, we will go and meet with your other guests. He's a tall fellow, shaved head, deformed ear, hard to miss. Somewhere in one of the private rooms, uh, you probably will be able to hear him once you head back there. But I, again, don't mention my name. Of course Otherwise, not. I won't be around long enough to care, I suppose. But um, best of luck. We don't need luck. We're professionals. He just kind of holds up his little hands and, okay, I understand. And uh, I'll take a last swig of my drink and uh, stand up. All right. Shoulder my mandolin. Oh, okay. So back to Kragar and Brokos. You uh, gave him some help picking the lock. Uh, yeah, so I came out to a 20. 20, okay. So you do manage to uh, pick the lock. And, as quietly uh, as possible. As quietly as possible, which don't need to worry about a whole lot since uh, it's, uh, you know, you have singers on the other side of this door on the stage and some loud, boisterous laughter. Um, and you manage to pick the lock uh, very quietly anyway. And open the door. All right. Well, I will look back at Brokos and say, shall we get a drink? And then uh, I'm going to slip inside. All right. How about you, Brokos? Hey. Yes, I am thirsty. Okay. And I will follow him. All right. So you... Uh, get inside, and you see this small stage right in front of you. It's very, uh, very narrow, not very wide. There are some curtains on either side that have been pulled back to reveal the stage, but you manage to slip in 
and quickly go around the side and hide behind the curtains. Um, so it, blocking the view of the, the patrons that are sitting out in the audience. Um, Their music is predictable and uninspired. <laughs> okay. And what else are you doing? Well, so you said there's a couple bards on stage, and then there's, what, five, you said five people at tables? Uh, you think there are uh, just three other people in uh, patrons in the audience, and five was the total with the bards. So what, what do they look like, the, the people sitting at the tables? Um, actually, now that you're closer, you can see that they all appear to be very rough-looking types. Um, lots of scars, uh, muscular humanoids, um, all uh, human men, from what you can tell. Um, they two of them appear to be just on the verge of you know total collapse. Uh, drank too much, um, heads down on the table, uh, completely inebriated at this stage of the night. But there is one who is sitting up against the wall, sort of got his feet kicked up on a nearby chair and he is just loudly mocking these two bards shouting things at them laughing at them and drinking and eating and just being completely obnoxious okay i'm gonna kind of tuck myself in in the corner kind of lean up in the corner all right. Opposite of the stage, so back of the room. Perfect. So I am. I'm thinking about assassinating that guy. <laughs> okay. I'll lock the door behind us. Okay. So how is this different than any other night, Craigar? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what would you guys think about me assassinating it's someone? It's been like a total of 24 hours since he's assassinated <laughs> someone. So, guys, give him a break. Thank goodness. Um, I mean, so if he's kind of mocking the bards, is that, can I basically slip up? I, I don't have a picture of the room exactly, but basically slip up behind him or to the side. and. There's, uh, you know, this end of the room is completely dominated by this uh, stage setup. And it's a very narrow room. There's literally no way to surprise this person where they're currently sitting. But how, okay, how far is he from the stage? Is about, let's see, maybe 15 feet. So where I imagine you are positioned kind of hiding behind the curtain so you won't be seen. Um, you're probably around 15 feet from them as well. So basically, because I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a map or anything, but if I step out, I can basically make a surprise attack if he hasn't acted as my assassinate action and automatically crit. Okay. Well, while you're thinking of that, I'm going to go back to Alar and Triss. Okay. So you see the large heavy curtain, a shimmery red cloth lined with golden tassels. 
You wrestle your way through the heavy drapery and see a long, broad corridor. Red curtains line each side of the hall, more rooms, private lounges for group dinners and other distractions. You hear some rough talk coming from the end of the hall. A man's voice, gruff, slurred words punctuated by exasperated shouts. You approach the noise and realize that the end of the corridor ends with a stairway that empties into a small performance hall. A stage occupies one end of the room, and a handful of tables surround it. A few of the tables have lit candles. Two occupants appear to be asleep or too inebriated to move. The center table, however, holds a tall man with his legs kicked up on another empty chair. He sits lazily, throwing insults at the young duo singing on stage. The teens, half-elves, from what you can tell, perhaps a brother and sister, continue to belt lines from the Erling King saga, unmoved by the rude man's loud guffaws. And does this rude man fit the description of Razor? Yes, it does. Yes, or yes, he does. (laughs) So... As you're mulling that over, Craigar, you see some more movement towards the back of this hall. Um, someone peeking around the corner, and you believe it's your good buddy, Vic. Hmm. Then I will pause for a moment for them to distract him. All right. So what are you guys going to do? You don't know that Kragar and Brokos mm-hmm. are behind the curtain. No, I, I just know I'm supposed to kill that guy. So I'm going to hope that he's distracted by the stage and I'm going to try and sneak up on him. Okay. So you start to move up. I'm going to sneak as well. Okay. Roll me some stealth. Well, (laughs) it's actually pretty good because I rolled a 17 and a 19. So I have a 17, which is a 21. Not bad. Uh, Okay. So you guys managed to sneak up uh, behind this person who is facing the stage and very loudly shouting at the performers on the stage. Um, and I'm just gonna, oh, okay. Uh, you get about halfway there though. And he's watching them and the bards notice you and they kind of stop and you can see their eyes, uh, fix on you for a second and then go back to, uh, looking at, uh, at this uh, gentleman at the table and he spins around to face you. And you can see he is already angry. He takes one look at you and says, you know, now you've done it. you got five seconds to turn around and get out of my sight, or you'll have to deal with Razor Wick. <laughs> I stab him in the back. <laughs> okay. So you're going to attack? Basically, yeah, I just have to, I mean, because I can do 10-foot reach, so I just have to five-foot step out. And and he's got his back turned, so it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, okay. And as long as I hit him, I automatically crit. 
So as long as I don't botch <laughs> the advantage. So it's not great. Uh, 15. 15 does not do it. <sighs> and so. All yeah. our listeners, please send your <laughs> dice to Craigar, care of. Uh, you can see the singer's. <laughs> The singers screech uh, to a stop mid-syllable and stare wide-eyed at uh, your failed assassination attempt. Um, they obviously know something's going on. People sneaking up behind them um, uh, on both sides. Uh, and so they stop, and he slowly turns his back to the wall, uh, eyes flitting back and forth between... You know, you, Kragar, and you, Triss, and Alar. And he's like, do you know who I am? I'm Razor Wick, champion of the darkest pits in all of Vadragan. I once killed a bear with my bare hands. Okay, I'm not going to listen to him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to interrupt his, his <laughs> monologuing by stabbing him. Okay. <laughs> it's really dramatic sounding. Uh, yeah, uh, we will save that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, damn it, Jerry! <laughs> uh, I love, I love the fact that you interrupted that. That was, I had a whole bunch of stuff written for him, and I'm like, they're never going to let me get through like one. Yeah, sentence. sit there, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, that's awesome. Do you know who I am? <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm Kragar, and I brought a bear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's a bear for you. Well, great job, guys. Uh, again, kind of uh, changing things up on me and keeping it very interesting, and that is uh, incredible. I like the whole go-around-back approach, and uh, I'm glad that all still worked out but now you have angered razor wick oh, oh no not razor wick <laughs> have you heard about him he's killed a bear with his bare hands with his bare hands Ooh. yeah <laughs> well thanks a lot guys and we will catch up with you and razor wick next time all righty so you later. Bye. bye bye bye, bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying our adventure. To show your support for this podcast, please leave a rating or review on your preferred podcast app. Also, be sure to check us out at DungeonPatrol.com.